everybody. It's Sue Bidstrup with the Great Big Yes podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. On the podcast, I talk to people who have said yes to a greater calling in their lives, people who are living with passion and purpose and making a difference in the world. Today, I talk to Amia Freeman of Interactive Fit. And on her website is interactivefitclub.net. I'm going to put all of the links in the show notes at greatbigyes.com. But uh, Amia is a new friend of mine. I just met her over social media. I've been following her for a while. And then I just reached out to her to see if she'd be on the podcast. And she said, yes, this is an awesome conversation. One of my favorites. It could have gone on and on and on. Um, So enjoy. And I will stop talking now so we can just get to it. But thanks for being here. Okay. Well, welcome, Amia. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I am glad to be here. Okay, so for the listeners, I just want to tell you guys, it's kind of funny. I'm grinning ear to ear because Amia and I have never met, um, or we might have. We said we might have hugged each other at um, a retreat with Revelation Wellness and Holy Yoga, but we started following each other. Again, you don't know how it happens. Um, It's just you click here and then you click here. And anyway, I ended up following her on social media, and I just love everything she's putting out there um, on Instagram at Interactive Fit. And she's just got a lot of really cool things going on. So, Amia, I want to tell, I want you to tell the story of when I just, when I emailed you and asked you if you want, or I Facebooked you and asked you if you wanted to be on the Great Big Yes podcast. And it was like perfect timing, right? Yeah, it was, it was perfect timing to the letter um, that it might have been that same day that I kind of mumbled you know you mumble those little prayers where you don't even know that God was paying attention to you because right. you were just kind of driving down the street minding your business mm-hmm. and then he and he heard it you know and that particular day I think I may have even said okay God what is what is all this and does anybody even listen to to what I'm saying and is it too much and is it not enough and do I need to slant it this way or turn it that way or who am I even supposed to be talking to? Yeah. You know? And yeah. then you sent that inbox on Facebook and I I laugh and love it because social media gets so much bad rap, you know? Yeah. And but then I think about moments like this and some of my deepest like faith sister friends I've met through social media. Yes. I know. It's you know, a great connector. It is. There's such a positive side to it. Right. Right. Yeah. Because it just, I mean, to your point of us not having ever met in person. Yeah. But potentially have hugged each other. Yeah. And, and don't really know that we did. Yeah. Um, oh, I think of, you know, I've met so many women in person that may come up to me and just refer to me by my social media name. Yep. And I was speaking at a women's retreat and a girl came up to me and said, I'm sorry, I don't want this to be really weird, but I've been following your blog for the last five years. And when I found out you were going to be one of the speakers at the retreat, I just wanted to come and see if you were as legit in person as you are on your blog. Oh, and I she love said, that. cause you feel like a real person. Like I can actually like feel you through your words. And she said, I prayed that you would be that genuine in person. And it humbled me. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, like, you can get caught up in the numbers. And I don't have, like, 
the world's greatest blog and I don't blog consistently and I don't keep a blogging calendar. I just kind of write at whim, mm -hmm. you know, yep. and rarely do I get comments on the blog, on yeah. the blog post. Oh, I feel so you. I really was like, Same. I have like two followers, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. My mom One and my best husband, friend. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I yeah. get it. And I love that she got to meet you and you are that authentic. Like, I think that's so cool, but you're right. It is humbling. And, um, I want to ask you, so for those of you who are listening, um, her, um, Instagram name is interactive fit. And then do you have that on Facebook as well? Or is it just on Instagram? Um, Instagram, it's interactive fit on Facebook. It's interactive fit club. Okay. So, um, and then the website is interactive fit club.net. Um, okay. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, it's funny cause someone just, well, like if you try to type in interactive autocorrect always changes it to grammatically correct interactive. Right. And one, I had someone stop me once and they said, Oh, that's so cool. Like the interactive fit club. And I said, no, it's not interactive. Like, <laughs> where we're moving around and interacting with each other. It's interactive, like your inner being. Yeah. And it, and it totally threw them for a loop. Right. And then, but then I've had some people that are like, oh, what's, what is that interactive? I'm like, mm, can you just pause for a moment yeah. and like look at the word? And then, and I will admit when my husband first gave me the name, cause my husband came out with a name for it. When oh, cool. he first sent it to me, it was, it felt cheesy yeah. because it felt like, like he had a story behind it and like God had given him some ideas. And I was like, that sounds like a cheesy, like Christian fitness program and people are going to laugh at it. And mm -hmm. we just, you know, we'll slap a scripture on the back end of it and a Jesus fish sticker. And I was right. like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Yep. Well, I was like dead, dead against it. But now I love it. If you think about it, it's so good because it fits what you're doing. And I think what surprises people maybe at the beginning is they think, oh, you know, it's separate. Like for them, their physical workout is separate from their faith life. Their faith life it might right. just be on Sunday morning for an hour, right? Right, right. It, it's not something you invite God into the workout is something, maybe a new concept for them. And I think sometimes we get used to it being in the world of everyone else kind of doing faith and fitness, we understand that. But for some people, they're hearing that for the first time. And that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. It. Um, I mean, if I can just share with you, like the, yeah. the name came from um, the scripture in Ephesians 3, that we would be rooted in Christ's love and that Christ would strengthen us in our inner being. Yes. Um, Ephesians 3.16. But if you read the rest of the scripture, that's also the verse that says, now to him who is able, you know? And yeah. so it takes it a different direction that, yes, we can, sometimes we get our strength and we're like, okay, God, I'm good. I'll see you later when I need you. But to continue that verse beyond just the inner strength, it says now to him who's able to do beyond what we could ever ask or think that's where the active comes in. Yeah. You know, like you get the strength, but then you have to continuously move toward God in order to let this thing keep going or otherwise you fizzle out and oh. you like max out of your own ability. And then you're mad at everybody and you feel like you've been used and, 
Yeah. You're just worn out and then you just kind of check out and say, I'm done with it all, you know? And then when someone comes to you and says, Hey, do you, did you hear about this faith and fitness? You're like, yeah, I'm over it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, totally. Been there, done that. Um, Been there, done that. I got a t-shirt. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, the Ephesians, um, and I'm not very good at where things are in the Bible. I didn't grow up learning scripture. And so, um, I'm always trying to kind of remember, but I do remember this verse. Is this the one that says not by my own brute strength, but by your glorious inner strength? Is that the same one or... It's not, oh. but now I need to go dig that one up. It's in Ephesians somewhere. Because <laughs> I will be the first to admit, I mean, unless it's a different translation of it, because I will be the first to admit I am not a Bible scholar. Right, me either. And I am still learning, and I'm a work in progress. And the cool thing about it is that when we do ask God to show that, show us, like, show us more. Like, cause I've dug, well, I thought I dug in the Bible to find every scripture that dealt with the inner strength. And okay. So I'm going to read it to you because I just looked it up as we were talking. Cause you said okay. Ephesians three sixteen, um, Right. Okay. So, um, so did you do, do you know if you're like an NIV version girl or do you like the message or where are you? Um, you know? I tend to either go new living translation message or the voice. Okay. I'm going to read the message to you. Um, my, res- okay. so it's, um, Ephesians three fourteen through 19. So it's going to include yours. My response is to get down on my knees before the father, this magnificent father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask mm-hmm. him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask mm-hmm. him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all Christians the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love, reach out and experience the breadth, test the length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Amen. Yeah. So, well, there I go. Stand corrected, <laughs> you know, cause it's so, and, and like I said, I have a tendency to lean towards, um, new living translation yeah. and more recently the, the voice translation, I but I, yeah. I mean, I didn't grow up. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast, but I didn't, I kind of sort of grew up in the church. Let's talk about that because I think that's really fascinating and I am the same. So let's, how did, so when did you first learn, like you grew up in church, but not maybe walking with the Lord or how, tell me about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in church and we went to a non-denominational, um, kind of spirit filled, like free spirit church. Um, but then my parents, separated when I was probably third grade and my dad started attending um, a traditional Southern Baptist church, Mm -hmm. but my mom stayed at the church that we were currently at. And so we had to divide our time between households. Mm -hmm. And if we were with my dad, we attended his church. And if we were with my mom, we were at her church. So I grew up seeing different sides of the Christian walk. Yeah. But within both sides of that, we would still hear the conversations that directly related to our family being split up, you know what I mean? And without like bashing either side, like I heard the things of, well, we'll just keep praying for your situation or, 
well, we'll keep praying for him or we'll keep praying for her. And there was a lot of fault finding, mm-hmm. but not a lot of resolution. Yeah. Right. But then the very people that would point fingers and find fault, I would see them not being the person who they were at church. Yeah. Like I'd catch the hypocrisy and I'd catch the judgment and I would see the like the eyes of pity that would look at us like, oh, you poor children. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, so, and when my parents separated, we moved out of a house into government projects. Okay. And so here we were, you know, eight children to a single mom living wow. in government housing on food stamps, like, you know, without sounding the cliche, you know, poor poverty story. Like we were, we were that family, Yeah, eight kids, to a single mom. And so, you know, my mom was a, a praying woman, but, but she was like, I think as a kid, I think I saw it as an extreme because the TV stayed on the Christian network and we had to go to revival yeah. like Wednesday through Sunday. And like we, there weren't, there were certain activities we couldn't participate in because they were demonic and certain music was considered demonic and we couldn't hang around certain kids cause they heard such and such about whatever. And that was just, you know, in the devil's play field. So we heard that side of it. Right. And then we'd have to sit in these movies that were like fire and brimstone and like the world's coming to an end tomorrow and play your records backwards. Like that kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> yes. So I saw it all and I saw the hypocrisy and my dad was an alcoholic, but he was also a deacon at his church. Mm. And it was like he could be drunk on Friday and just pulverize my mom on Saturday. But would he bailed out of prison yeah. by Sunday morning so that he could save face and be the head deacon? So by the time I graduated high school, I was like, I am 18. I no longer have to, because my mom would always say, as long as you're under my roof and under my rules, da-da-da. Yeah. So by the time I turned 18, I was like, oh, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. I want no part of this organized church. I want no parts of, like, the church people. Yeah. I know Jesus. I had my scriptures that I learned as a kid, we were in a program that was similar to Girl Scouts, but it was Christ-based okay. um, and Bible-based. So I had my verses that I had memorized since third grade, kept them in my back pocket, and went on my merry way to figure out life. And I okay, ended so up... Let me interrupt really <laughs> quick. So you, yeah. you left the church. So you kind of saw the problem yeah. as organized religion. You, didn't, you still stuck with Jesus. You still loved Jesus. I still love Jesus, and I knew from the like the heart of hearts to this scripture, and this is why I love the way God brings it back full circle, because it's verses like this Ephesians 3, like the being rooted in Christ, yeah. that never left me. Yeah, That Amen. never, I mean, and it's proof of if you raise a child in the way they should go, they will when come back. Return to it, yes. Yes, and, it, and I know that even when I turned away, Like I told my mom, like, I don't want any parts of it. I don't want to go to church. I, I don't think I even owned a Bible. Like when I left for college, um, I knew to pray, but it was like, just kind of mumbled prayers of God be with me. God help me pass the test, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but I ended up at a Judeo Christian university Uh and 
part, and it was a liberal arts university, so we were required to study all of the different sects of religion as it related to the history of Christianity and the influences of other religions, but we also had to study modern philosophy, Eastern philosophy, Western philosophy, Western religion, Western culture. This is awesome. I think we should do a whole series on this because that's like me. Like, I feel like I'm the indigo girls. Like, I went to the doctor. I went to the mountain. I've been everywhere. And I've read every book, right? So I love this. Okay, so this is so exciting. I mean, and I, so here you have this girl who was fed up with, what I call organized religion, but it was really just the people, yeah. right? It was the people that had bruised me right. and I had, I wanted no parts of anything they were associated with. So I went on a, like a quest to figure this out. And, and I knew like, I didn't curse. I didn't break the law. I was a good person. I wrote good poetry. <laughs> I, you know, like yes. I loved like the classic writers, like, yeah. The Great Gatsby was my favorite book, Great Expectations. I was like, I was a very, um, it, I was more like, I was a word person. Uh-huh. So if you could use words to help soothe me, we were best friends, oh, right? But if you that. used words to come at me, I was coming back at you with bigger words. Because gotcha. I had a library of words that, I did, if I couldn't speak them, I was going to write them and then recite it from the page. And yeah. I would tear you down with my words. So I get to this liberal arts university and find out that we have an opportunity to take the philosophies and the study of religion. And I'm a researcher at heart. So yeah. that just piqued my interest. Well, it also tweaked the side of me that was desperate for understanding who I was, where I'd come from, wanting to be connected to just a deeper kind of groundedness, if you can. Yeah. And I started studying Taoism. Okay. Yeah. And awesome. and it was through one of my philosophy classes. I started yep. studying Taoism. I got tied up in the Bhagavad Gita mm-hmm. and the studying of the chakras. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you name it, yeah. I was like, this, this is what I've been looking for. I can still keep Jesus. I know my scriptures. Yeah. I know where my energy is coming from. I know that Jesus still died on the cross, and I will not, you know, I will not deny that. But this, this right here, this is where I'm going to stay. And for yeah. four solid years, that's where I sat. Wow. And my mom kept saying to me, if you don't denounce Christ, you just keep searching and I'll keep praying for you. Mm. And I would be like, okay, thanks. And, and no disrespect, you know, to, yeah. to how she put it, but she just said, everybody's got to figure it out for themselves. And she would tell us, I am not going to leave this earth until all eight of my children have come to know Christ for themselves in relationship, not based on someone else's perception of what it should look like. Okay, like, I that love was her, her promise to us. <laughs> I love her. I mean, that was her promise to us. She's and a she warrior said, raising eight kids and then just right. having that that understanding yeah. of you needing to get there. You know, you need to make it personal. I mean, I think there's still a lot of people walking around with their mom and dad's religion but never yep. have made it their own and then wonder why they don't feel you know connected yeah. to the Lord. Yeah. I mean, like, so long story short on that end, I, um, when I started college, I had had my oldest son 
um, got pregnant with him in college. And I think just the circumstances of that side of life started turning me toward, wait a minute, this feels really good to feel grounded and know where my energy is coming from, but I still don't feel, I'm still missing something And and I'm feeling really insignificant and just, I really started leaning closer to my mom and, and trying to understand like what prayer really was and, you know, why it worked. Still, still wouldn't step foot in a church. And yeah. to this day, my best friend in college is like, you are kidding me. <laughs> you hated church people. And now you and your husband are the church people. And I'm like, no, yeah. we're not those people. Right. You know, but she would even try to invite me to come visit her parents' church with her. And I'd be like, I'm cool. I'll see you when you get back to campus, (laughs) you know? Um, But it wasn't until I started dating my husband and he's a pastor's child. Mm. And he, I mean, he's a pastor's child, but he's the typical preacher's kid that was like, well, I grew up in this. I'm kind of going to go see what's out there. That's not church based. Yeah. And, but then when he was ready to like set the college frat days aside, he, he came back, you know what I mean? Yeah. And when we started dating, um, he immediately was like, you should come to church with me. And it was for a New Year's Eve service. Mm. And I was like, dude, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's New Year's, New Year's Eve. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was like, well, this is, and he, he kind of kicked me with it. He said, well, however you bring in the new year, that kind of sets the tone for what the rest of your year is going to look like. Oh. I and I was him. like, oh, well, since you're going to put it that way, and I had visions of, well, I'm going to marry this man, so I might as well bring in the new year with him because <laughs> I kind of want to marry him. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, that was 16 years ago. Awesome. And he kind of helped me to see that we needed to have some kind of a foundation of Christ. And I, I'll admit initially um, – the first church that he took me to to visit reminded me quite a bit of the church that my dad attended when we were kids. Yeah. And so there was an initial pushback. Um, But then he and I, once we got married and and started to have more children, we, we knew that in order for us to keep our family grounded and not fall into the mistakes that I grew up under and even him, living in a Christian home, like the legalism, we were going to have to figure this out on our own. And someone, uh, we moved into a new neighborhood and our neighbor came over and invited us to church. And that's the church that we attend now. And it's been almost 17 years. Oh, that's awesome. So that's the short version of that long story. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I just love it. I love the searching. I love the seeking. I I did the same thing. And I feel like that, You know, I was trying, my daughter had a friend over one day and we were talking about she wasn't feeling Jesus at all. And I I could just sense that I wasn't supposed to talk about Jesus with her, but just kind of let her know that I too searched and I sought after it. Like I didn't know what I wanted to believe. And, And I just explained it to her. I took her in my library and I showed her all my books and I have all the books from all the religions. And I feel like I find that so fascinating and interesting. And I just told her, you know, I read them all and I landed on Jesus. Like he's still the one, Mm. you know what I mean? Like I want to sing that song, like you're still the one. (laughs) Because (laughs) it's like, he is, he is, he's so good. And I think what's so heartbreaking for me is when people 
equate Jesus with religion because it's so not mm. his heart yeah. with some of the ways that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I love church and I think we need to be in community, but I think that there's so much hurt and damage that's been done over the years that people leave church and they leave Jesus. And mm, yeah, I just, I want them to know Jesus as a person, right? Like I keep saying, like, read the red letter words, like read what he said, read what he did, right. you know? Um, anyway, he's still the, still the one, <laughs> but yeah, it's still I one. love and it's your a beautiful journey. thing with that. Yeah. I mean, and it's, so you stole my heart quoting a song because yeah. music is my love language oh, and good. Yeah. God speaks to me so and I had I was at a women's event a couple of weeks ago and I said something about God speaking to me and I felt like the Holy Spirit was like you're gonna have to like validate that because there are people here who are gonna think you're like mystical totally. you know what I mean yeah. so I paused and I said well you know God speaks to all of us it's just where he brings us confirmation or he brings us peace or he brings us answers in different ways and so I will hear like an old rock song or an 80s song and I will hear the message in the lyrics and yeah. it'll like it'll convict me or it'll bring me peace or it'll take me to a scripture and and this is where like the scripture that says if you draw near to me I'll draw near to you yeah. like if we ask him to give us an understanding of either what's happening in our life or what does he have to say about it and what did that verse mean yeah. He will start showing us what he meant That's and he right. will use whatever it takes, yes. like whatever it takes. And like lately I've been seeing, um, red birds everywhere. Yeah. Yep. And I even researched it to find out like, is it red bird mating season? Is it like, what, what is that about? And if I see something more than three times, I know that it's God trying to get my attention. Yes. And so I looked it up and it, um, I forget which website I looked at it, but it basically just said that red birds have been notated um, in the Christian faith uh, as like a reassurance that God has you on the right path, right? That. So we were barbecuing the other day um, outside and another red bird flew by and I had been telling my kids this and my daughter was like, mommy, there's a red bird. And my husband was like, hey, mom. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, red birds were my mom's thing. Oh. And I said, really? And my mother-in-law passed away. It's been a year. Mm. Um, this April, she passed away. And he was like, yeah, red birds were my mom's thing. And if she saw one land on the kitchen windowsill, she would th blow three kisses at it and then say, thank you, Lord. Oh. And then it would fly away. And so when he saw the red bird fly by, he blew three kisses that day and he was like, thank you, Lord. And he was like, I needed that because I was missing my mom. And I thought, ah, I love that. Maybe I saw them just to be able to recall it for him to let him know that I had seen them. That's you know what right. I mean? It was yes. just, I don't know. And like, I'm, something's coming to my mind and I don't remember exactly what the book's about, but there's a book called The Gift of the Red Bird. It's a Christian mm. book. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, yeah, look that up. I can't I can't promise what it's about, but I remember it being uh, a friend of mine had recommended it um, as a good book. And then right when you said uh, The Red Bird. Oh, that's so great. I love that your husband. And you know what? That is just affirmation of two as a mom is that your husband remembers what his mom said. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
it like they are listening and they are connecting and sometimes I think as parents I know um just it's hard to you know you want to tell them everything and you can't tell them everything but just even them seeing you with your bible or saying something like that and they remember it and it sticks with them and helps kind of form their own faith too um you get to play a yeah. little part in it so how old are your kids I have um, a 23-year-old, a 16-year-old, and my daughter just turned 15 last week. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so you're busy. Yeah, that's around me, too. I have a 19-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 14-year-old. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because when we moved to Texas, we started going to a Bible church and um, really just hearing the gospel in a new way that's just really... um, I'm praising God for it. My kids are hearing it in a new way and they're asking a lot of questions. You know, they're really yeah. just, um, they, they want to know Jesus. They want to know um, a, a, just a lot of questions. And it reminds me that kids, you know, I think sometimes with the kids stuff, we try to like entertain them. Like at church, they'll have like the kids group and it'll be like all fun and games. <laughs> and right. my, I, I realize that the kids can handle the gospel. They want that. They want the gospel. They want the truth. And so I feel like since we've moved to Texas, there's been this shift for us. Um, and it has a lot to do with the uh, pastor and his the way he teaches. But where it's really allowing my kids to see that the gospel isn't something we hear on Sunday and just kind of put away as like a nice thought, but it's something that we actually get to flesh out, like, you know, live it out and um, that it helps us in our life. And so church to me is fascinating because I think it really can affect the way that um, the way you see Jesus, the way you see God, for sure. Yeah, totally. Because even, I mean, like my kids and all three of my kids are, I mean, you know, they're like night and day, you know, yeah. and they have quirks that are identical. And you're like, man, that's just like your brother. I feel like your sister. But yeah. then other moments I'm like, are y'all even like related, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um, they all three of my kids have this like beautiful ability to like, like I call it the compassion of Christ yeah. where they just have this like draw toward other people where they will like give you their last just to see to it that you're not suffering, you know, and they, they all catch Christ in these kind of like you were saying, like church has become the place where they can connect everyday life to what the scriptures say. And, and if it doesn't make sense to them, or if there was a word that someone, if the speaker used a word that they're like, what, like that sound like a church word, They'll ask us, like, what does that even mean? Yep. And then they'll even go as far to say, had they considered that there might have been quite a few people in the congregation that didn't get that? Yeah. Or, or if they say, you know, if the person says, well, you know the story of Abel, and my daughter was like, I don't. Right. You know well, what I mean? And yeah. so it opens up a conversation for them to be able to say, well, what is that about? And then how does that relate to my life right now? So that it becomes, so that Christ to them doesn't become a history lesson or something that we do at church, but it becomes an opportunity for them to understand um, just like that Ephesians three, like here's why he died on the cross for you. And here's what that means. And here's what it looks like in your everyday life. And here's how you can introduce that to someone who doesn't even want to know what you're talking about. Yes. You know what I mean? I love that. Especially in high school, you uh, know? 
I know. And I do feel like, too, I mean, you mentioned earlier, we talked about words being so important. And I think they are. And I think sometimes when you're in a Christian community or you're around people that are believers or have been for a long time, there's this Christian speak, like they call it, like Christianese, yeah. right? And <laughs> Christianese, they, right? yeah. <laughs> and you just like say words or people say things. And kind of like you mentioned earlier when you were like, um, you're going to need to define that because some people might think that's mystical, that kind of thing. Like I think sometimes people are like, well, I hear God talking to me. And people are like, you're what? You know, um, right. because they don't understand. So I think there's just this awareness um, with, for me lately, with how how I'm explaining things or how I'm coming across with things with my kids because they don't always know what I'm talking about, right? And so we can't assume anything and, and we want to have that open conversation of, well, I don't understand what you mean or I don't know that story. And um, I love the open dialogue. I, I think sometimes people grow up in homes where they feel like they're not allowed to ask, this is what we believe and then you need to believe it too. Don't ask any questions, right? Right. And right. I had, I grew up in the Catholic church and I had a priest tell me once, Sue, we are, cause I asked him a question and he said, we are so glad that you're asking questions. We don't want you to check your brain at the door. Mm. And I, that wow. has always stuck with me. And I thought, you know, that's, that's just confirmation and I guess permission. Um, so right. I've never felt scared to ask, but I know there are several people in the world who are like wow, I don't even want, I don't know where to begin with Christianity and these people seem a little off or crazy um, and I don't want to ask questions. I don't know where to begin. And so I just hope that we can move forward as a um, people that are just open and grace-filled and ready for questions and not afraid and non-defensive and all of that. Um, yeah, you know, and I think, because one of the things that God's been really both dealing with me and just kind of opening dialogue through me is um, just the idea of, and it's kind of a double-edged sword, just the idea of embracing our flaws, yeah. but not, um, not putting them on display to the degree that we don't see the opportunity for change. You know what yes. I mean? Because, it, and it's a, it's a thin line, right? Yes. There's the thin line of that says, I am not perfect. And, only by the grace of God do I sometimes survive each day because left to my own devices, I would probably like drop kick quite a few people in their throat because they make me mad. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like yes. for real, like drop kick some people and then go ask God to forgive me. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm flawed in that. I'm flawed. And there are moments where I would rather not explain myself and just shut down. And because I know, words have power and I can use my words to be really cruel and sarcastic. I can pull back. Yeah. And, but then I have to watch when I pull back because if I pull back, it could be a defense mechanism of withdrawing, you know, but then to be able to display that and say, here's my mess. Yeah. Here's my mess. And here's where I stand with it. And I really desperately want Christ to help me with it. Um, but he, I got really frustrated one day and I was like, I'm, I'm sick of the mask. Yeah. I'm sick of the mask of the people that either hide behind. I'm really flawed and I'm just going to stay flawed. And until Christ returns, here I am in yeah. my flaws. This is the way it is. Right. Yeah. This is the way it is. Yeah. And, and so you should just embrace your flaws. And then there's the other person that says, I am flawed, but I have Jesus 
and so all is well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding? Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no either or. How about we like find this middle space that says, because of grace, mm-hmm. I am flawed, but I'm free. Amen. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I don't have to walk around with like badges of honor that say my mess. Yes. And pretend like I got like the purple heart for stupidity or like, you know, my oh my arms God. are like, I love you in like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we want pins. We want pins for our nonsense and our foolishness. And we think that it moves us up rank and it doesn't. Oh my gosh. You yes. Especially like, when you're, when you're writing and you're posting and all of that, I feel like there's this trend toward I'm a hot mess. I'm a hot mess. I'm a hot mess. And it's putting your stuff out there. And I agree with showing your vulnerability. I agree with admitting we're not perfect and taking off the masks. And I agree with all of that. That's important work. We have to be authentic. We, you know what I mean? Nobody, there's no work to be done if we're all pretending. Um, Right. Right. However, however, and maybe this comes from my, I don't know, Catholic Midwestern upbringing, but it's like you know, part of me is like, okay, well, we don't need to like show the whole world all the, all the things. Right. And I heard a, um, I heard a writer once say, or write, um, that you want to write from a scar and not an open wound. Hmm. And that stuck with me because the scar is, you know, the Lord comes into our wounds. We invite him in and then we're healed. Yeah. And so, yes, we have scars. We can talk about those scars and that's how we're going to connect and that's how we're going to give God the glory. But we don't need to show the world the gaping bloody wound. Mm, Yeah. Right? Because then the focus becomes on the wound. The focus becomes the bad. Well, and it it reminds me of just like, I mean, not to get like super spiritual and biblical, but like just the story of Job. Yeah, And when he was smack dab in the middle of the, the junk that was coming at him yeah, and even his wife was like, oh my gosh, would you just curse God so you can go ahead and die? Yeah. You know what I mean? And all his friends left him and he was like, no, here I am in the middle of this mess and I'm just going to keep praising God. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. And, and even down to like I posted the other day, um, one of my favorite favorite verses from Daniel that says, and even if he doesn't, he is still good. Mm. Like we could be in the furnace, but we just have to be mindful of who we take in there with us, you know, (laughs) because whether you're writing it or you're podcasting it, or you're sitting with a bunch of friends for coffee yeah, and you're in a furnace season of your life, you better make sure that the people that are in that furnace with you are going to pray when you're not available to pray. Yes. You know what I mean? Cause yes. I was, I think it was one of Beth Moore's studies on Daniel. It's either her or the, she reads truth. One of them, I was reading the study of Daniel and it said, if you notice that when um, Daniel was away from Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they, they kept praying. Yeah. They didn't stop and wait for him to come back. So, like, we have to make sure that the people that we're with, that they keep doing that yes. in our, on our behalf, but also for themselves. That's right. You know, so that when we come back, we just kind of pick up where they are. Yeah. We just kind of join in on it. Otherwise, we take them in the furnace and they hadn't done the work yet. 
I mean, we'll all burn out, right. you know? Right. We don't want to and be responsible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I mean, I don't know. That's the thing that God's just been really talking to me about. Just um, if we be willing, I think it's uh, Francesca Battistelli has a song, If oh, We're Honest. I love her. Yes. Yeah. And she says, if you bring your hurt, I'll bring mine. Yeah. Like, if we're honest, yep. we would all come to a place that says, yes, I have junk. Yeah. And I'm working through it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not pretending that my past was not my past. Because if it hadn't been, I wouldn't be on this podcast with you. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just a series of events that happened when we happened to be today had they not even taken place. Right. Well, and we nothing's wasted. We are. Exactly. Right. Nothing's wasted, right? Like God right. will use all of it. And so yeah. that's what I love when I realize that there is no condemnation in Christ. Like he wants to come in and kind of show us, you know, who we are, but he doesn't want us to forget whose we are. And so he says, hey, you got this. Yeah, let's take a good look at that. I want to walk through it with you, but I love you. And I'm with you. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that's the good news. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we don't have to walk through all of that alone. And what you're mentioning about like community, it's like I picture it's the arm raisers, right? It's like they're going to lift my arms up when I'm weary and I can't lift my arms anymore. Like that's, and I love the image of all of us together in that and helping each other. Like, you know, coming into those spaces where if I'm not able to pray or I'm not able to see the good, I'm not able to see. God's glory or believe his promises that I have people around me who will remind me. Um, right. Of yeah. Those things. But at the same thing, cause, and even at the same time, like I was teasing my husband the other night because he, he said something to me about something around the house that I had not done yet. And I looked at him and I was like, speck and plank brother, speck and plank. <laughs> and he yeah. was like, whatever and like that kind of thing is like don't try to get that little speck out of my eye and so you worked on that plank that's in right. yours you know that's right but you know in that same regard like am I willing to check myself and see to it that I am doing the work that I'm supposed to be doing before I get into a community where I want to try to help everyone else better themselves oh girl because sometimes we can hide from our own yeah right like we can hide from our own junk in the name of jesus at that you know we can hide from our own stuff and not deal with our own stuff but we are doing a really good work with everybody else yes and it's out of balance it's totally out of balance yeah and we and it's almost as if we're trying to be other people's holy spirit saving them Yes, like yeah. doing that for them. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I felt the call to ministry before I knew Jesus <laughs> in this weird way. Oh, like uh, yeah. I wanted to be, and that a lot of times you have to just check. All right, is it? Am I more concerned with myself and the way I'm showing up and the way I'm being seen and the way I'm, um, you know, if people are approving me and loving me and all of that. Um, versus like, have I really done the hard work and gotten in the pit? And then I will have actually have something to say. It's almost like trying to minister to others before you even really have anything to say. Hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's this pull to like, want to be all things to all people. And then you can be so busy doing that. You're not, you're like, I don't have time for myself, which is right. Not where, yeah, we were talking about that last night in, um, 
one of our, um, I lead a way less to feed more Bible yeah. study group. Oh, I love that group. The nutrition yeah. study. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were, we're coming up on the, the tail end of the, the eight week study. And one of the things we talked about last night was the scripture that talks about, um, anyone that's in Christ is a new creation. And so all the, all the old stuff, it, it is what it is, but that's not who you are anymore. You know what I mean? Like it helped create a foundation so that God would have something to build off of. But now like your foundation is, is sort of reinforced, if you will, um, in Christ. But then we talked about like cleaning the house and just how, you know, you can't, like you can't invite a bunch of people over to sit down and enjoy a meal if you don't have anything to offer them, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, yes, you could, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like you could serve them like baked beans and hot dogs. Yeah. Kind of got to have the baked beans and hot dogs, you know? Right. And like, what does that look like um, when you let Christ lead you versus what does that look like when the enemy continues to whisper in your ear that you've done enough already? Mm-hmm. So be okay with how far you've come yeah. because he doesn't want us to get to the place where we even think we're qualified to be, yes. you know, and then, and then there's the scariness of, you know, we can assume we're qualified and God's like, yeah, no, not, not so really. <laughs> right. Not so much. Yeah. Um, or then God calls us into a space and then the enemy says, you're not ready for that. So, you know, both of those are sort of the, the apple well, that he I, throws yeah, back at Yeah, I think there's a lie of... Um, I'm not good enough. And then once you get over that and the Lord shows you, hey, listen, I'm calling you and you are and and I'll be with you. You're not good enough, but the Lord is and he'll do the work through you. Once you kind of get to that point, then there's the lie of who do you think you are? Right. 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 Like, how dare you think that you could do this, that and the other. Right. So I think we are just always having to take every thought captive, right? Like just, Oh, for sure. Right. Is it condemning or is it convicting? Is it loving or is it, you know, fear-based? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling my group last night, I had just, um, I have been a work in progress in terms of um, just my, my physical body yeah. Of God just delivering me from, and I hate to use the word delivered because that's such a church word, but just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like ridding me of my own doubts and fears and comparisons. Yeah. Um, and in that process, it was a lot of it had to do with me hiding in my clothes. Yeah. And I, I went through a season, probably like three or four years, where I know now that it's called body dysmorphia, where I see my own reflection and saw something that did not even exist. Yeah. And I thought I was like probably five sizes bigger than I really am. Wow. And I, um, it's been a, it's been a process of him just reminding me of who I am in him, and that I. I was designed on purpose with a purpose and that I'm allowed to take care of my body without obsessing over it or restricting it, you know? And like in that process, um, I went through a huge season where my closet was like black 
gray, dark brown, and navy blue. Yeah. And some of my girlfriends who are from the Caribbean islands, they were like, what is that? <laughs> you need some color. <laughs> right? You need some color in your closet. Yeah. And so now, like, within my circle of friends, the, the big deal is if they see me in color, they know that's a new level of freedom for me. Oh, I love and, that. Um, yeah, so the other day I even just did a video where I cleaned out my closet and I was swapping out all the seasonal clothes. Yeah. And no joke, found like five of those space bags, those vacuum space bags yeah, yeah. Of, of clothes that some of them still had tags on them wow. of stuff that I had bought but got it home and for whatever reason or another, the enemy convinced me, like what you said, who do you think you are? Yeah. That was the voice that I kept hearing. Like, who do you think you are that you're going to wear this mm-hmm. and look okay? Or, or then the voices come with, well, who do you think you are? You got to put that on and go gallivanting down the street, you know, right. but you're supposed to be a woman of God. What is all that? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a constant, like, when he comes at you and yes, we can be free, Yeah. but he's going to test you to see, are you really free? That's right. You know, there's a song by the, um, the band Crowder, uh, David Crowder band that says, if you're free, prove it. Oh, I love it. You know? Yeah. And it's like, for me, the prove it is I can put on something brightly colored and not feel like my hips are swinging through the room. Yes. You know? Yes. And be okay with, my mom used to say, genetically, you were blessed with turkey drumsticks, drumsticks for legs, and they're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how funny. And my husband says, I'm all right with it, so you should be all right with it. Right. You know? <laughs> yes. Um, um, yeah. So when those words come at me, I just, like, my post this morning before I went to go teach a class, I said, hey... 9.30, I'm having a boot camp at the park, and I'm planning on drop kicking Satan in the throat. Anybody yeah. want to join me? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You know? Well, it so. is. It's a daily practice, right? I mean, it's never finished. It's, yes, right. we have freedom, but we still get rubbed up against, and we still have those things that come up for us, and it's just a constant pruning and a constant um, uncovering, and, and but it's it's the work I want to do with my life, right? Like yeah. It's, it's yeah. where I feel I belong. I know I belong and, and, um, and it's worth it, you know? So, um, yeah. okay. I could talk to you for like 16 more hours, I feel like, but oh, we, I know. <laughs> we've been talking a long time and I haven't even really gotten to any of the fitness stuff, which is okay because I will put that uh-huh. all on the website. I'll put your links and all of the things that you're doing so people can find you. And, um, but I just love that we could talk like this. I think this has been one of my most interesting conversations lately because I just, I really have a heart for people to know the Lord, but I also understand kind of the church background thing and maybe some of the barriers. And um, I just want to open up that conversation because sometimes I think people might see someone like you who's, um, you know, living for Jesus and has created this life that you love and you're totally saying yes to the Lord's call on your life and they go, oh, she's got it all together, right? Like everything's perfect for her life now or she always right. knew the Lord or she always walked this way or whatever lie they're believing. And so I love to just kind of pull the curtain back so we can all go, hey, me too, right? Like I, I totally yeah, get totally. You. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thank it's, you. It's, thank you for providing that space. Um, um, yeah. And, and, and that, that voice so that, um, 
whoever you do bring into that, that position that shares their story, then the other women on the other side can, they see you in a different light, yeah. even. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because while you're providing the space for us to have a voice, like, and for people to see us in that light, now they're seeing you in that light as well. Because yeah. for someone that owns a podcast, yeah, someone would say, well, I bet she had such and such and this and that to make that happen. And well, yeah. she, there's no way she can understand where I come from because she's got a podcast and she's got followers. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we were all in the garden. And we all bit apple. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Yes. And he just covered it in caramel and we all keep biting it again. Oh, <laughs> so. I love it. And I am just yeah, so glad. I know this won't be our last conversation. I feel so Oh, for sure. So grateful. For sure. Like I just got a new friend and we could talk for hours. And so Aww. thank you for this thank time. Thank you. And I'm going to put, like I said, I'll have to um, put all your stuff on the website. So for those of you listening, um, Check out greatbigyes.com for all of the notes and details. And yeah, be blessed. Is there anything, um, Amia, would you like to just kind of pray us out? It doesn't have to be long, but you want to just say Oh, a quick yeah, part? I would love to. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, well, God, you just, you know exactly what we need when we need it. And I mm. just thank you that you love us that much. Yes. Um, Lord, I just pray that anyone that, has an opportunity to listen to this podcast that you would just bring a confirmation to them of where they may have sat quietly with you or sat frustrated with you even, um, and, and wondered what next, whether it's a question of what next in terms of what's their next step or what next, like what else are you going to throw at me? Um, Lord, I just pray that you would just hold our hearts and even hold our hands and just, promise us continue to promise us and reaffirm over us that you will not leave us to do this work alone lord i pray that you would just surround us with other women in faith who both um challenge us but also reassure us that you're still very real and that you're very aware and that you're very available to us so Lord, i pray that every woman listening today would know that she was designed on purpose with a purpose And that she doesn't have to compare herself to anyone, even the stories that she hears across this podcast. Um, Lord, I pray over Sue, and I just ask that you would bless this territory Mm -hmm. um, and use it for good works, that it would just continue to be a field where more seeds are planted, more seeds are watered, and more seeds are growing a harvest that she cannot contain. Mm -hmm. We just thank you, Lord, that you... You're faithful, even yes. when we forget to say thank you. So now we say thank you. Yes. Um, and we say yes. Yes. <laughs> we say yes to the work. We say yes to the ministry. We say yes to the hard spaces that where we want to throw in the towel. Um, and just remind us, Lord, that it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. That was yeah. beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I just. Yeah, you're doing a good thing. You're doing a really good thing. And I just, I pray that you continually be blessed in it, just like I prayed. But it, it's a, it's a sounding board and more women need, need the permission without sounding like, I know permission is a buzzword, but like more women, more women need it. And it, like they need it without it being like Pinterest worthy. (laughs) 